conversations from yesterday with Julie and Gentile. We're rolling? Yeah, it says recording. That's a good sign. Luca Rosano, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I need to get guests coming in. I need to hustle with this. The job market sucks. I need to do something that relates to my passion or something that I enjoy doing because it's rough out there right now. I I would not want to be entering school or doing anything along those lines. How old are you? I'm 15, so I want to get going. Yeah. Oh, not dude, you're 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 super ahead of the game. Like I was basically in your shoes. The job market still sucks. It sucked then and still sucks now. Yeah. I wanted to basically monetize my passion. So the fact that you're doing that at 15, uh, if I did what you're doing at 15, yeah, I'd be in really, really good position now. <laughs> yeah, because I was just I was just listening to this like independent podcaster, right? And he's on his 333rd episode. He's an older guy, right? Um, 30s or whatever. And it's just like he's not getting many views per podcast. And it's just like I don't want to be in that position starting late. Um, trying to get into my passion just because I've been working this whole time and never really figured out what I wanted to do. Yeah, but I, just, I wouldn't wrap too much, uh, you know, into the views and stuff. Yeah. Man, even when I started out, like I was barely getting 100 views. This was like in 2017 when I started yeah. doing what I'm doing on YouTube. And it was so discouraging and frustrating. I get that part, but yeah. you got to push through and keep doing it because just know you can have one full year of you getting a hundred views, a hundred views, a hundred views, but all it takes is for like one or two videos to pop. And then that's how you become uh, more recognized for your work. Yeah. I do like the kind of silent grind feeling throughout this um, quarantine or um, pandemic period, because you can just, I'm like working in my basement, my mom's basement. Um, just as somebody put it, I was just texting with them and just like the silent hustle of kind of, working to create content and stuff like that and just putting out content that's that's the game man just put out content uh be on every platform like gary v says mm -hmm. instagram youtube you know yeah. twitter twitch tiktok is very big especially mm -hmm. of uh you know people your age i've noticed because i started my tiktok account like three months ago and it's a lot of like uh gen z right like, yeah on that platform so that's even a platform that you can that's still relatively new where you can really make an impact. Uh, I see people go viral on that app all the time for like the dumbest thing. So mm -hmm. if you actually put out good content, I'm, I'm sure that would work out as well. Yeah, I tried to make one for the podcast, but it's just like, it's just another thing to do. It's kind of, you're just like putting out content into the void and you're just hoping for people to click. So if it's like, if it's not organic, then I kind of am like not interested in doing it at all. Like, what's your goal with this? You want to do, like, you want to become a full-time podcaster? I would like to eventually, like, make money from this, but I would like to, like, stay independent and just continue doing this. Independence really? is a big thing for me. That's good. So, like, you, uh, you would rather be independent than, like, uh, I guess, work for, like, a major sports company or a news station? Yeah, or, like, join a podcast network or something like that. Just because I, I don't... Like I like to be able to control my own thing and say that, look, I put in the work and I did this. You're reminding me of a younger me, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how I think. So that's good. No, that's a really good mindset to have, especially at your age. Like I said, don't give up. Keep going. Uh, There's going to be a lot of rainy days, a lot of days where you doubt yourself and want to quit. I still have those days, but mm -hmm. you got to just put, you got to push through and you got to love it. That's the, the determining factor. If you don't love it, you're going to quit. But if you love it, it's fun to do it anyway. So whether mm -hmm. you get 50 people, 100 people, 200 2000 people you, you don't you're not gonna really care because you love doing it obviously like it feels good when a bunch of people watch your stuff but if you love doing it it's not gonna feel like work and that's the most important takeaway right yeah like i had to take a couple like weeks off just because everything was crazy and i and i just my head wasn't in the right place making uh doing these podcasts but now that i've come back to it a couple weeks after it's like my drive is there again i'm ready to do it and i just want to keep making episodes and keep talking to people just because if your mind's not in the right place, then it's just so, so difficult to kind of make things work. I don't yeah, know if you've experienced the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes you need a break too. Like I've been speaking of which I, I think I should be taking a break. Cause like I've been going steady for a long time and I get that like it's burnout. You yeah. Just like you know, burn yourself out. So it's good to take even like if, whether it's like a couple of days to a week off just to kind of like regroup restructure. Mm -hmm. um, that's very, very important. 
And uh, yeah, as long as you can motivate yourself and, and again, get into the, you know, the groove of doing things, then uh, just keep hammering away, man. And like what you're doing now is great because you're even connecting with people and you're networking. This yeah. is like a new age of networking. You're hitting people up in their DMs and, you know, you're, you're opening your network to a whole crowd of people that you, you didn't even know of before, right? So. Yeah, I'm just, the one, the only worry that I have when making this podcast is if it's interesting. Like, I want to put on a good show for people. So I don't know if like people listen to this and it just sounds like a very structured formulaic thing or they're listening to this and it's like, oh, this is organic. This is something cool. This is interesting to listen to. That's my big thing. Yeah, you basically have to, I think it's, it's important to have a niche and it's important to have a direction. Like you got to see what you like. Like if this is the mm-hmm. style that you like, this is more of like a Joe Rogan style, I can yeah. tell. Um, but if you like more like structure, like for instance, I'll have guests on my show. I'll have like structured uh, questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it'll usually be like 25 to 30 minutes, but if you want it to be like open-ended free-flowing and that's what you personally like, then yeah. stick with it. And then just, you know, come up with interesting topics that you can talk about. Yeah. I'm like super Gen Z. So if it's not free-flowing and I, I just have to kind of stick to one thing or have a structure and come up with questions, then I, then I just feel like I'm, I'm a reporter on CNN or some like lame media conglomerate. So yeah, I just like, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So people your age, you like more like free flowing stuff. It's yeah. Like, it's that, it's that Gen Z style. Who cares? We're young, you know, just yeah. throw caution to the wind and just try to make something interesting. I feel yeah. like that's a lot of people. Yeah, it, it is exactly like, um, there's, yeah, there's a couple ways of doing it. And yeah, a lot of the times conversational podcasts do do well. And, uh, there's still, I feel like an audience for like the other side but yeah mm-hmm. it's basically what the viewer likes right you just gotta you gotta experiment different things right and just see what does better yeah this would be like episode 19 so i'm still like pretty fresh in doing things and i and i don't really i decide not to like schedule episodes just because then i feel like it's even then it's too regimented i'm still gonna hustle with it and make episodes how do how do you work like content wise like what's your schedule for content do you have something set in place or is it just like whatever happens happens no, I try to be consistent with it. Uh, it just helps my day flow too. Like I'll try to put out at least three to four videos a week at 6 p.m. Eastern. Like that's my time. Uh, I feel like that's like a good time for like people living here. And then even like on the West Coast, that's 3 p.m. their time. So it works from that retrospect. Um, yeah, it's interesting because like, I know you don't want to put structure on things, but mm-hmm. I think in terms of building an audience, you need to have just a bit of structure in terms of maybe when you upload. So then people know when to look forward to your videos. So like, for instance, like for you, if you had like a podcast day, uh, your night was Monday night or your night was Wednesday night, or maybe you said coming out with a new podcast Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Yeah. I think that would help in terms of like people starting to know when you post. Um, because like I know on Instagram and, and YouTube and all that, you can turn on post notifications, but a lot of people don't do that. So you kind of got to just like, let them know when you're posting structure it that way. At least that's how I've always done things. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like, yeah, like for me, when like, you're just kind of posting randomly, it, it, it still works. Um, but it's, I, I think like, yeah, like your most of your audience gets lost because they don't necessarily know when to expect the next thing from you. If that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like if you're, if you have the ability to like, uh, or sorry, you can only drop content whenever you want, when you have a big audience and people have already connected with you. If not, then like you still have to build with it. So I'm like trying to experiment with the structure. Yeah. It's so funny you mentioned that. Cause even another guy who's uh, like a content creator, he's, he's up there like in numbers too. We had this exact same conversation on Sunday and it's true. Like whether um, you know, if you're like a guy right now with like a million followers, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what time of the day you post. Cause we're talking about when to post on TikTok cause the algorithm so messed up on that. App. Yeah. Um, and, and we said that, right? It's like, if you have a million followers, you can post at any time in the day, you're going to get the engagement. But for people like whether, you know, guys like you starting off or guys like me in the game, trying to get bigger and bigger, you yeah. got to kind of keep to a structure. I feel until you get that big. Yeah. It's just, you have, it's a matter of experimenting and figuring out what works. And it's also like, I don't know how many people are going to vibe with this kind of free flowing style. So it's just a matter of figuring out how things work. It's interesting. I don't know. I really like your content, man. I think it's good. I think it's like awesome. 
thank you. You're the most famous guest on the podcast. If that is anything, (laughs) if you pride yourself on that, I don't know. But yeah, you are the most popular guest on the podcast. So I appreciate you coming on, supporting like smaller content creators. No, yeah. But you you know, I do it, man. It's uh, I will like, because I was where you were at one point. And I always made a promise to myself, no matter how big I get, um, you know, talking hundred thousands, even that million mark, I'm always going to make time for people who reach out to me like you. And I appreciate that who, yeah. you know, wanna, want me to be on their podcast to share my story. I feel like that's important because a lot of times, um, and you probably know this already, you know, people, they're big, have a big following. They think they're, you know, too big to, to help, you know, the local content creator, but they don't know that local content creator one day can be I'd bigger, be bigger than, than them. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always, I've always had a, like a soft spot because I've basically, and I'm still grinding. And I've, like I said, I started where you're starting and I can appreciate what goes into it. So that's why, that's why I take these requests every once in a while. Yeah. It's just guests and you need to get interesting guests. I fumble a lot when I speak. That's another thing with this. I'm like super fumbly. I've been out of school for so long. My words are all messed up and I'm, I'm just trying to like jumble thoughts together and like keep this going for an hour, however long it's going to be. I just have to like keep the ball rolling. And sometimes my brain's just like, do you ever have moments where you just like doze off and you just like, what, what were we talking about? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of that too. And I, I still make mistakes, man. That's why there's an edit button. I know podcasts, yeah. if you want to keep it raw, that's like, that's, that's another way of doing it. Yeah. It's, it's human nature. Like nobody speaks perfectly all the time. Like you're going to get better uh, after, you know, doing this so, so often, right. It's repetition. When I first started off too, there's so many, you know, videos and stuff. I look back and just like, wow, like, yeah, like, I don't know what the heck I was saying. Yeah. It's just, I, I listen back to like a couple of my older episodes and I just cringe. It's like, I'm trying to sound sophisticated. It's like, I'm not that sophisticated. I'm wearing a Levi shirt right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I got to figure out the vibe and it just takes time. I was listening back to some of my older episodes and I'm just like, what was I trying? What point was I trying to make? Or some of the questions I've, I added like 15 extra words at like the end of it. And I just confused the person, but they still managed to get it. It's just, it, it's a grind. When did you start this thing? I started this thing at the end of April and I took a break in between June. So that's good. So basically when the pandemic started hitting hard. Yeah. Or like in the middle of the pandemic up till now, because it's just like, I don't want to be that guy who gets older and just like, I should have done that. You know? Yeah, dude, if you, if you feel it in your heart to do it, then, then do it. Like I said, you're already ahead of the game. You're 15, you're, you're doing it. You you know, you're doing what you love. You're trying to grow an audience and it's something you can fall back on because again, yeah, this has been a wake up call, this whole pandemic. You could be working a job for 20 plus years and all of a sudden they fire you because of what happens in the world. Whereas like if you build something, you build your own foundation. I'm not going to say it's bulletproof, but at least, you know, it's, it's, it's on your command. And that's, that's yeah. always what, that's, that's always what's been my fire and, and what's gotten me through, you know, those days that I did want to quit. So keep, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Going back, you mentioned like um, getting or talking to um, smaller content creators about like your story about how you grew as a content creator. What is that story? Like, how did you get from where you started to where you are now? Wow. Yeah. It's uh, I'll try to make it as short as possible, but I basically started out with my brand account, the waterboard report. So that mm-hmm. was, I guess my old personality. Like I did a lot of personal videos on that and I was able to grow that account. It's almost at like 11 K now, but then over time, um, I thought to myself, like I went to school for sports journalism. I look up to guys like Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Sid Sixero, Tim McAuliffe, and you know, people in that industry. So start thinking to myself, like, I want to start branding myself as like my name, like, you know, Luca Rosano. So over time, I rebranded the waterboard report into like a Toronto sports medium. So I have like a website, I have a team of writers. And you know, I I, I post breaking news out of the Toronto sports scene and and memes and stuff that just gets people talking. And then I rebranded my YouTube channel from the waterboard report to my name, Luca Rosano. And over time, I went from trying to report on every sport, which was very, very daunting, and my results weren't as good as they are now, to focusing on Raptors content and NBA content. And I've been 
having that focus since last year of July, that's when I officially changed the name on my YouTube channel. Well, yeah, and when I'm, they won the championship and exactly and i'm yeah. starting to see the consistent viewership i'm starting to see the results i'm still not where i'd like to be by any means but compared to when i first started the youtube channel in 2017 i'm getting a lot better results now and that's because i've had more of a focus uh i've been able to connect with my audience and when you like, like when you stick to something people know you're that guy so now you know i've developed a little bit of a rep of like being the raptors guy so um it's been a lot of trial and error like I used to do videos on WWE. I used to do videos on like soccer, yeah. uh, hockey. Um, so a lot of trial and error, just seeing what works, what doesn't. And just, again, just sometimes you need to have those little breaks, like you said, regroup, uh, restructure, and then go at it again. Because I've, I've, I've had so many of those moments during the three years of me doing this as, as, a, as a full-time content creator with, with the media company now, with the Waterboard Board. Mm -hmm. It's great that you like basically own and run uh, your own independent news company, you could say, because yeah, exactly. yeah, a lot of the stuff right now coming out of like sports media, it's all like commentary. You listen to undisputed and it's just like, it's all commentary and it's all really like off the cuff nonsense opinions that they're just trying to throw out there so that they can keep the cycle going and have like a show, um, X amount of times in the week. It's but just, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. And I, but I think that works. Like, I think that's another big point that you just brought up. It's people like strong opinions, mm -hmm. whether you're right or whether you're wrong, people are going to watch because you're so strong with your opinion and you're so sure of yourself. Like you just said, you know, undisputed first take, how many times do you see people saying like, Oh, Stephen A and Max doesn't know what the heck they're talking about, but they still they know what they're trying to do because they're so polarizing and they know how to get a reaction from the audience. At the end of the day, this business is built on reactions. Whether you get a good one or a bad one, there's no difference. You're still getting a reaction from that person. So, uh, you know, doing your show, you should have that in mind. Like I'm not saying, you know, be super controversial, but at least yeah. for my stuff, I always try to get a reaction, um, with whatever I'm saying. Cause I know that's what gets results at the end of the day. Yeah. I was talking to, uh, one of the former guests on the podcast and he was basically like, don't pussyfoot. He's like, you're being a little bit too, too nice or like not brash enough because at the end of the day, brash sells, but like, I don't know if I'm trying to be the voice of reason here or like another person just throwing out their opinion, you know, because that's a lot of like, if you look at first take, how many times has Ryan Hollis gone on there and just completely contradicted himself over and over again? That happens so all the like, time. All those guys do. Yeah, they, I, I just, do that. I do that a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's uh, it's it's the nature of it. And um, yeah. yeah, you know what? It's just it's just developing your style. I think that's the most important thing. It's something I've learned. It's like once you really develop your style, it doesn't matter what content you do. Like this is like the best piece of advice I've ever been given. It's it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Right. Yeah. So if you, like, if you say something, uh, that's, you know, you, and you put like, you know, your, your personality into it, that's far more powerful than just saying something. Yeah. 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 That's the, exactly. Because I used to do speeches, right. And my mom would like talk to me. She's basically like, talk like as if you're Justin Trudeau, because a lot of people don't like what the guy says a lot of the time. And, you know, believe me, sometimes I think he's a clown, but, um, it's just a matter of how you articulate yourself because if people see that you're articulating yourself in like a very um, professional way, then they'll recognize that there's something very intoxicating about confidence. So that's why it's like, I don't want to be another like brash douche, just like spouting out nonsense just to get views. I just like need to slowly develop as a podcaster, which I think is a cringy term. It's just like to podcaster. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, YouTuber is pretty cringy too. And I classify myself as that. I mean, sometimes you got to roll with it, but yeah, yeah. you can't, you, the thing is you can't do what you don't like. So yeah, don't just be that guy because that guy's getting views. Like, at the end of the day, it's got to be comfortable with you. And I had that problem too, where I was like trying to be someone else, but trust me, like it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of figuring out, but the best thing you can do is just like be comfortable with kind of your style and like figure that out over time. Yeah. What's your, what's your goal for like the water boy report saying like two to three years, what's your goal for then? 
Yeah, I guess my ultimate goal with the media company and my YouTube channel, uh, the media company, I'd like to become a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, credentialed uh, media company where, you know, I have credentials for like Raptors, Leafs, Toronto FC, all the major Toronto sports. I uh, have a full team of writers, uh, be in a position to, to pay them and stuff like that. So like, that's my goal for the Waterboard Report. And then for my personal YouTube channel, Luca Rosano, yeah, I just want to, I want to keep growing. Like I'm at 12 and a half, 12 and a half K on, uh, on that right now. Like I want to, I want to at least hit hundred K within the next two, three years, to be honest with you. Like just keep pumping out Raptors content, keep pumping out NBA content and just seeing what, what, what works. Like if there's more of an audience for the Raptors, I'm, I'm continuing with that. Uh, if there's more of an audience about me talking about the Lakers and like all these other NBA teams, yeah. I'm going to run with that. So yeah, it's just, it's it just growing the audience and, and doing it full-time stably. Like I'm doing it now. I am making money off what I'm doing, but it's, it's nowhere near what it needs to be to obviously put me in a, a very, very good position long-term. So. Yeah. What are your thoughts on um, the NBA and them starting the season back up again? Because they're running out of Florida and Florida's kind of crazy right now. I don't know if what they're doing is that smart. Like I don't I don't know if their planning is like that that legit. Yeah, it's funny you ask me this because I literally just did a video like I'm dropping a video on that today. Uh basically it doesn't look good, especially with Florida being in the state that it's in right now. But I trust the NBA's leadership. I think, you know, Adam Silver and those guys are some of the best leadership in, in professional sports. Um, I think they wouldn't risk the player's health if it wasn't safe. Mm -hmm. It does have a lot of question marks. It, it does look skeptical, but we'll, we'll see. Time will tell. I mean, the NBA bubble, we'll see if it works or doesn't work instantly because you're already hearing of guys contracting in the coronavirus. Um, if we get in a position where like all of a sudden a whole team has it, then what happens? Like, are they going to disqualify that team? Are they going to shut down the league again? Which yeah. I think would be the option. So uh, I credit them for trying because I think I didn't want them to just sit out and say, oh, we're going to let the pandemic dictate how we're going to do things. So yeah. I like, give them credit for at least going at it. And then we'll see if it works. Yeah. And uh, if it doesn't, then, you know, we, I guess we shut down again and, and wait. That'll be brutal because UFC, the UFC's approach to this has like been the best. They're the only professional sports company that's really operating successfully Besides, like, Korean baseball, I don't know if you've seen that. There's, like, robots in the stands. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, I haven't been watching that. And I guess you can argue, too, WWE, which is classified yeah. as professional sports. But, yeah. That is true. Yeah. But, like, a legitimate sports league kind of thing. I used to be a wrestling yeah, fan. Yeah. Not as much anymore. It's just gone. Yeah, me, me, me too. I, I don't watch it anymore, especially now. That's for sure. Yeah. But the UFC's approach to this has been successful. I, But it's also a lot easier to run. And another thing with the NBA is, like, why would you change the playoff format? I don't know if that makes sense in the long term. Like, when you look back at the season legacy-wise, like, let's say a, a team just comes out of nowhere and wins, like the Mavericks wins, like the Mavericks win. Um, I think you had a video on that, right? Yeah, yeah, Friday, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's almost like a fake championship, kind of, just because it's not the proper playoff format. Yeah, like if I were to do things, I would have just invited the 16 teams that were playoff eligible. Mm -hmm. But I can see why they did extend the invite. Because if you're a team like the Blazers, if you're a team like the Pelicans that are a couple games out or even the Kings, that's pretty unfair to them because there were still games to be played. So I can see how they went with the 22-team format. Um, in terms of like the actual playoff format, that's staying the same. If they did elect to go the like a different way like I did a video that they could have done maybe a world cup auction I wasn't really a fan of that like a part of me likes the fact that they are sticking with the actual playoff format being the same but the 22 team format in the grand scheme of things yeah I would have liked them like I said to have the 16 teams but I can see why they did the 22 team just to keep it fair right yeah but you could have like still brought in these 22 teams and done like the regular East West format, but also the NBA is known for like being okay with switching things up. Like you saw that with the all-star game this year and that paid off big time. Well, they are doing, they're sticking with the East West format. They're not doing the one sixteen. That was just a suggestion, but they are sticking with the East West format. They are. Yeah. They're doing like the um, one, eight, 
It's gonna be one eight two seven. Yeah, that stays the same. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. they were gonna change around the seating. No, you probably That's got what confused. About. There's, there's been a lot of suggestions out there, and I did a video of like one through sixteen. That was being heavily talked about, but no, they're keeping the east That's- and west. I feel like that. Okay, that makes that. That's I'm cool with yeah. that. That's better. It's just strange times to be a sports fan. There's nothing going on right now. Yeah, but I mean, man, in a month it's gonna be crazy if things run well. I mean, you're gonna have everything coming back. Well, I mean, even this month of July, like baseball is gonna be coming back. MLS, uh, the NBA at the end of July, hockey, I believe, what in August. So like things, things are gonna it's gonna be crazy. And then the NFL. That whole thing, how are mm-hmm. they going to do that with no fans? That's scheduled to come back mm-hmm. around it's September. Just, everything's up in the air right now. Um, there's like, it's just nuts. I would not, I would not want to be uh, in Roger Goodell's position or um, Adam Silver's position because I would just be pulling my hair. But Adam Silver's bald, so um, <laughs> yeah. I, it's just strange, strange times. That's the whole thing with this pandemic. It's just been crazy. And nothing makes sense. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things you don't know how it's going to end. I think that's like the the scariest part of it all. Like, mm-hmm. there could be a second wave. There could be not. Like, when is the new norm? When is the norm going to come back? Or is the norm never going to come back? Is this the new norm? You know, of not having fans in the stands, social distancing, always washing your hands. You know, even though people should do that anyway. Yeah. So please wash your hands listening to this. Um, but yeah, like we don't know, man. It's it's we've never experienced this in the world for you know the last hundred years. Nobody who's alive right now, I think, experienced this. So mm-hmm. it's it's uncharted territory for a lot of people, and uh, it's it's the fear of the unknown right now. And even like the whole controversy, or not really controversy, stupidity, if you will, of people like not even like wanting to wear their masks. Like, why do you think America? is in shambles right now because people are complaining and whining about wearing their mask. And you see it here too. Like I'll go to, like, I haven't been to a mall yet, but like, you'll, you know, I see people outside. Okay. Well outside, I don't wear my mask, but like, if you're going to go in a close confined area, like a mall or a store, like wear your mask, it's common sense. Right. So it's just like, even the indifference is there that might make this worse. It's yeah. This can literally go in so many different directions. Yeah. I think mask shaming is an interesting idea though, just because it, that can like enter Orwellian territory where you can just like basically shut somebody up or like stop them from doing what they're doing just because they're not wearing a mask. So it's like just weird where freedoms and like privileges, there's like no distinct boundary there because we've never been in these charted or we've never been in this territory. Like you've mentioned, it's just, Especially you see this going on in the U S right now with like statues changing and people not using certain words or statues changing statues being taken down, but, and words being changed. It's like a slow, a slow, we're slowly chipping away at like individual freedoms. I say it's just, yeah. I mean, but like going back, uh, back to the mass thing, it's just common sense. Right? Yeah. Like, but at the, at the end of the day, and people being stubborn and having too much of a voice, I guess. Cause like, I mean, something like that, like, you know, you're just being naive if you think that's not going to help you in a crowded area in a grocery store. If you're, if you're a person who just, you know, freely walks a grocery store without a mask, I think you're just being, you know, a, an idiot and you're just being harmful to society. That's just my personal take on it. But I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, um, yeah, there's just, uh, it's been a wild year, man. 2020. I mean, I don't think anybody expected it being like no. this and we just got to make the most out of it. There's been a lot of negativity. We're talking about the same thing all the time, but yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, this thing ends soon. Yeah. I hope so too. They were mentioning or a doctor in Italy was talking about how the viral load has like become, um, less or the virus is less potent than it was say in like March. When it was like just breaking onto the scene, you can say. Yeah. And I mean, like there's some countries that I think have like vanished it entirely. Right. So that's, that's good to hear. But yeah, right now you look at like places like Brazil, the United States, it's, it's trending the the wrong direction. Uh, Canada has done a really good job and I know everybody questions leadership here, but 
I think they've done what they needed to do. And like, you know, knock on wood, especially here in Ontario, things have been looking pretty good lately. So uh, we'll, we'll find out soon. Cause again, the most interesting part about this, I think is that second wave uh, when we, you know, have that next flu season that's coming. Yeah. We're not going to know, like, is it going to be the common cold or do you have the coronavirus? And like, will that warrant another harsh wave that comes our way? So we'll see. But I think people need to take the, the proper precautions now, you know, wear your mask, obviously wash your hands, still social distance. I know like they, they said you can, you know, get together with 10 people now. That doesn't mean like have a party of 50 people at your house. I know some people are probably doing that there or they're going to the cottage with like a, a ton of people. So Yeah. Yeah, it's just... But I feel as though like people should be entitled to be dumb in a way. But at the same time, it's like you can't trust anybody as a person. So you have to be the one to take that extra step if necessary. Because well, you can't like control other people's behavior. At least that's how I see it. Like when I go out, I'm, I'm full like paranoid. I'm fully paranoid. I don't trust anybody. I'm wearing a mask. I don't have the gloves, but I, I'm constantly putting hand sanitizer on. But at the end of the day, I still realize that People can be entitled to being dumb, I think, at least. I don't know. Well, the biggest, it's like that, that saying, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's like the biggest change you can make is just doing it yourself. Like we all want change in the world, but the yeah. first step is doing it yourself. So exactly. If you want people to wear masks, wear a mask yourself. And I do the same when I go to like a Dairy Queen or a grocery store or, 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 or whatnot. But if I'm at the park, like walking with a friend, obviously keeping distance, I'm not going to wear a mask. Like that's, Cause like it is hard to contract it outdoors studies show. But if you're going to be in a crowded place, like Bellwoods was like what, two months ago. Yeah. And like people weren't wearing masks. Then that's There's 10,000 people there. I yeah, wonder what the numbers are from that though, because it was like mainly young people going out, not social distancing, whatever that link, whatever the lingo is, physical distancing, social distancing, but they weren't doing that. And they were all like bunched up together and there's over 10,000 people. I wonder what the numbers if you could like find a way to get those numbers, I wonder what those numbers would be of like people who actually got um, coronavirus as a result of that. Well, I think they're low because you would have seen lately, right? It's been two, pa- it's been two weeks from that. That was like two months ago. You would have seen numbers rise and yeah. numbers have been going low. So maybe that had a virtual no effect or even the riots that happened uh, or sorry, not riots, protests that happened downtown. Right. Yeah. So I it was get, a little yeah, bit more chill here. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, that that also stems into like more like conspiracy based theories about yeah. the virus. It's like so it's so funny because like everybody's got their own personal agenda about their virus. Like people about the virus. Like people you talk to, uh, you have half people saying like they're paranoid and they think it's deadly, and then half people thinking this is a hoax. This is just to scare the public. Then you got half people saying it was legitimate from China. Yeah. And then you got half people saying it was man-made from a lab. So there's so many different conspiracy theories out there. Everybody's got their own personal opinion on it, right? It's like drinking water from a fire hydrant or whatever that saying is. It's just, there's so much out there. But sometimes I feel like being, knowing too much is kind of what the big agenda is. Because if you're over-informed, then you're misinformed and you're easier to control, I, I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, but especially during this time, you've been like, we see like famous people, athletes, celebrities, like becoming activists, which has just been crazy to see. Yeah, I mean, it's good, though, because I think everybody with a platform should speak up in, in some way if whatever's happening hits close to home for them, right? So yeah, we are seeing more of that. And I know the NBA is going to make it its priority to do more uh, to support its players in that regard with the yeah. restart of their season. So it's good. I mean, it's, it's freedom of speech now, obviously with social media, everybody's got a voice. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot more people are using their, their, their following as, as sort of a token to, to spreading a message. Right. Yeah. Well, you were talking about, you just mentioned supporting your players and Kyrie Irving went on a rant about how players should go and start their own league. He's been like the Antonio Brown of the NBA for a long time. What are your thoughts on the guy? Just yeah, like, that's, that, that's stupid what he said. Like those were just stupid remarks. I think he's just doing that just to try to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I'm pretty sure if he was healthy to play, he wouldn't even be making those remarks. Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing to say, I feel like we shouldn't play this season, but it's another thing to say and suggest that you should start your own league with other players. Like, that's dumb. Like, come on, man. Like, 
that's where he got out of line with his comments. But if he simply said, you know, given where we're at in the world, given the circumstances, what's been happening, I don't feel that it's, uh, that we should be coming back and playing basketball. There are bigger issues in the world, which there are, but he didn't say that he stated that like he wanted to, yeah, make another league. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good analogy. He's, he's been the Antonio Brown of the NBA. He's been talking nonsense for a long time, though. Like when he went on that Instagram story tirade, this messy 300. It's like we have professional athletes who are trying to be philosophers, and they're just not. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get a lot of athletes saying dumb stuff, but then you got a lot of athletes who are doing great things for the world, right? So Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, it goes either way, I guess, like based on the person's intentions. Where do you think activism belongs in sports? Like where, where should um, the ability for athletes to be activists lie, if that makes sense? See, going back to me trying to string together a question off the fly, too many I, adjectives and it's just... Uh, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like I said, get if, the idea. if the players have great intentions and they're doing... Uh, you know, they're, they're standing up for a great cause, like, you know, the Black Lives Matter mm -hmm. situation. I think that's been great that the players are able to voice their mm -hmm. opinion and stand up for what's 100%. right. That's great. Um, but like you said, there's times where players have too much power and they do dumb things like we see with Antonio Brown or where we saw with Antonio Brown or something with Kyrie. But when it's when they're talking about worldly issues that need to get better and that need to be addressed, then 100%, they should be standing up. They shouldn't just be playing basketball. So I got to agree with a, a LeBron James, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, players who, who said, you know, we are more than just basketball players because, like, they are. At the end of the day, yeah, they make a lot of money playing sports, but they're more than just playing basketball. That's like telling someone, uh, you know, that's like telling me, like, stick to sports if I ever were to talk about politics or, or, or whatever. Yeah, I feel like we should like everybody is entitled to their own opinion. And as long as you're doing it respectfully, as long as you're doing it appropriately, there's there's definitely a place for that. And it, it's great to see, especially now, because you never saw athletes take a stand like this ever, mm -hmm. because whether they thought it was going to hurt their personal agenda, their personal branding, um, whatever the case may be, you never saw this. Right. And obviously, social media didn't exist like in the, in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, that i wonder what larry bird would have to say if social media was around during his time that's a great that's a great great question to ask like an old-time player or even yeah. like a michael jordan or magic johnson somebody who was a, a mega star at that time and also like some of these players were gangsters on the court like i haven't seen the last dance but it talks about like the ruthlessness of Michael Jordan, how he would do like anything to win. Wait, wait, wait. So you haven't, I got to stop you there. You I haven't, haven't. No, I haven't. I've been, I've been. What have you I, been? It's been tough for me to, <laughs> it's been tough for me to like sit down and watch a full series in its entirety. Like that's I was watching you break some it up. stuff. You break it up two episodes a week. That's what I did. But yeah, yeah. or that's how you they dropped it. You got to watch it. I know. How am I talking to a sports reporter and I haven't seen. The last dance. Yeah, that, that, that kind of, uh, you know, that hurts me a little bit, but it's all good. <laughs> well, you know, there's millions of people to watch it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. they kind of made up for me not watching it because that's what Netflix was waiting for, me to get on. and. But it, 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 is, it is a really docu, like a really well put together docu-series. Mm -hmm. like that's probably like the one thing I would ever recommend because I don't watch any Netflix. That's literally the first thing I ever watched on Netflix, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I wonder what like Larry Bird would say if something came up in the news. Because nowadays it's like we have a culture that promotes uh, somebody saying anything, even when it's like useless nonsense that's coming off of Twitter or something. I wonder what a guy like Larry Bird or Magic Johnson uh, would say if social media was around during their time. Because uh, I don't know if they would be as um, politically correct as people are now. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll never know, I guess. I mean, mm. some of these old-time players, though, they are taking a stand now and they are using their platform because social media does exist now. But I guess we'll never know what they would have done as a player at that time, right? So, Yeah. I feel like transitioning the conversation back to um, activism and sports, I feel like as long as um, you're not being a hypocrite, then it's all good. Because my big thing, you mentioned LeBron and how he was using his voice for 
Black Lives Matter and all and that whole movement. I think that's great. But when the stuff was going on in Hong Kong, he told Daryl Morey to basically shut up. He didn't know what he was talking about. So it's like, is he just speaking up um, when it affects his pockets? Yeah, no, there's, yeah. you see a lot of examples of that. Exactly. And it, it goes back to personal agenda. Um, are people doing it authentically and genuinely, or are they mm-hmm. just doing it from a brand perspective? So yeah, no, that's, that's, that's fair to say for sure. I can't really take LeBron seriously after that. Like whenever I see him trying to like be an activist and all that stuff, I can't, I, it, his reputation as an activist is a little bit tainted with that whole, like in regards to that whole China ordeal or what happened in, with the Hong Kong protest. But like, it's just, we, we live in a world that like glorifies saying something, even when that something is useless. So if you had like a huge following, mm-hmm. like, would you stand for something? If you, bought, I think if, if you feel strongly about it, if I was like a legit NBA player, just with who I like, as who I am as a person, like if I was an NBA player, I would be a big trash talker. Like, so I think I, I, I would be like, you either ride with me or you don't. And I don't care. That's just how I feel. So maybe, like, that's I would your, be, maybe that's your mantra now. How come you can't be like that now? You don't have to be an NBA player. To yeah, trash. that's true. That's true. Trash, trash talk. I, I kind of have like a chill vibe. Kind of, I think. I'm, I look like I'm about to fall asleep half the time and I sound stoned. I don't really have, even though I'm not, um, I don't have like the best podcast voice, I think. So it's just like a matter of presenting myself. In a, in a solid way, as we mentioned before. But yeah, I think I'd be like a heightened version of Russell Westbrook, just nonstop trash. Like I wouldn't even care about getting fined if I have a thirty million plus dollar contract. I wouldn't care. See, I think what I would, would you be, be like if you. I were, think I'd be the opposite. Like I'd be just like a chill player, um, like always with a chip on his shoulder, like trying to prove people wrong, like the underdog, if like you will. a Kawhi like, kind of. Like a Kawhi, not that quiet, but yeah. I'm trying to think on the fly here, like who I would represent maybe like a Kyle Lowry I guess yeah even like, like a Devin Booker you could yeah. say but more, more more so Kyle Lowry I think I would compare myself to because he always plays like he's got a chip on his shoulder he's got mm-hmm. nothing to prove to anybody at this point I mean he's going to the Hall of Fame you think so of all time. yeah you think I he's think a Hall champ- of Fame player the championship solidified it and you look at his numbers his peak time he was actually a thrower aside he was actually like putting up better numbers than Isaiah Thomas, Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He's got the accolades for sure. The championship, I think solidified it for him. He's going in. He should go in at least. He won't be first ballot though. That that's where you can make an argument. Um, But I think he's going in one way or another. Do you think Vince Carter's a a first ballot hall of fame player? That's a very tough question. Because I mean, he just recently retired. I saw your video on it. It was great, by the way. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know what? He didn't win the championship, but I, I, it's tough with Vince because literally he's been in the league for so long that we forgot about how good he actually was. Because from like 2000 to 2010, when he had 10 years with, of course, the Raptors, the Nets, he was at like he was a Hall of Famer in my eyes. But then it was that latter half of his career. He basically had two careers in one where yeah. he was a journeyman. You know, he was a bench piece. He was a guy that just, yeah. you know, came in, hit a couple threes, and he was a part of your your second unit. So if you look at it from that perspective, his first half of his career, yes. His second half of his career, no. You put it together. I still think he does get into the hall, but probably not a first ballot. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you can make a more convincing argument for Kyle Lowry. I feel I feel like team loyalty is a big part of making it to the Hall of Fame. And yeah, that should be a component. And I think, yeah, you definitely can make a more of a compelling argument for Lowry because Lowry was basically the reverse of Vince. He's not going to play probably, you know, 20 plus years in the NBA. But if you remember Lowry, he came into the league and like, for lack of a better way to put it, he was pretty much trash. Like he was like yeah. a known player. He really jumped onto the scene with the Rockets. And then when Masai traded for him, he had his best uh, years ahead with the Raptors. So he's been playing his best basketball, you know, 
from the start of this decade, I would say. Yeah. Uh, 20, 2010, that is. He should stay with the Raptors, I think. If he really wants to – if Kyle Lowry really cares about legacy, I don't know what he cares about. Maybe it's money and that. But even money, like – you're getting the most money staying with the Raptors, dude. You should finish your career off in the Rapt- with the Raptors. There was some talk about him going to Philly last year. like. Well, to- no, this, this year I had a guy on my show, Rashad Phillips. He broke the news that that's a rumor out there where it could be a three-team trade where Lowry goes to Philly, the Raptors get the first uh, overall pick if the Warriors get it, and then the Warriors get Ben Simmons. So that would be like a three-way triangle. Yeah. Philly's been a, a an interesting team to watch, like throughout think, this season. I think Philly would actually be a title contender with Lowry. To be honest, like I think Philly, like a lot, I saw a lot of Philadelphia 76ers fans bashing that deal, but I think that would actually make them better because Lowry's more of a traditional point guard, and I think he would be far better of a fit with Embiid than Simmons is now. And I feel like. Lowry on the Sixers with Embiid and those other guys that they have, like I think that's a team that gets to the finals. I don't think Embiid and Simmons are going to get to an NBA finals. Like sooner or later, they're going to break up that duo, and I think it's going to be probably next year. Like once they fail to get it done this season again, unless they prove me wrong and they obviously make it, but I don't. If think they so. go back to back, I'll be happy, man. If the Raptors can pull We're it off with the Raptors, yeah, no, yeah. Who, who wouldn't, man? <laughs> It'd yeah. be a social distance parade, but. <laughs> Yeah, you, last year, how many? There was like three million people at the parade. Yeah, Imagine that right now, boy. That would never. Ha- that could never happen. That feels like such a distant memory. Like three hundred that we're in right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It happened a year ago. The one year anniversary was like a couple weeks back. Yeah, that was like, that was one of like, I feel like the happiest moments in like the city's history. I don't know why. It's just like everyone was had. There was just such a nice vibe around them winning the championship. The celebration okay. afterwards. Yeah. Like, I mean, nobody even talks about, like, the, the shooting that happened at the parade that kind of threw everybody off. But, like... Well, there was a bit of backlash with that. I, it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually in that vicinity. Like, I heard the, the gunshot. And you everything. did? I was, wow. running for my, I was running for my life, man. I thought it was, like, a mass shooter or something. Like, you don't that's, know in the moment, right? That's crazy, man. So, I remember just running as fast as I could with my camera. And, uh, luckily, there was, like, a nearby shop. And the guy let me in because I was banging on the door again, like frantic, like, let me in, let me in. Like, cause he saw people were running from a shooter and then he was nice enough to let me in. And uh, it was, yeah, it, was, it, it did take away from it a little bit. I feel like in the, in the coming days, like the next couple of days it did, but in the grand scheme of things, like looking at it now, a year later. Yeah. It, it, I don't think it's going to take away from the parade, but it, it did hurt it a bit for sure. That's crazy that you were there and like experienced that. The yeah, that was that, that was the most frantic moment. That was that was nuts, man. Like, yeah, like because you don't know what's going. You don't know what's going on at the time. Like, is it a mass shooter? Is it a terrorist attack? Right? Like, you're just running yeah. as fast as you can, taking shelter. And I, I, dude, I was I was in a closet. Like, once I gone into that plate, like to the shop. Yeah. I literally, I hid in the closet. I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. Like, I, I was, I was, yeah, I was scared. Who wouldn't be though? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like three million people. First championship franchise history. Twenty was it twenty four or twenty five years in the making? Twenty fourth, I think. Yeah, so a long time. Yeah, building to that moment, right? Because they did like the whole twenty fifth anniversary court this year. Yeah. Yeah. But just like building to this moment, kind of came out of nowhere. We made a big trade for um, Kawhi, getting rid of a fan favorite, and it was just a crazy season and a. Like, really good vibe. Like, I remember it was the end of school and everybody was just feeling chill going into exams even, or at least I was. And it was just a nice vibe. Like, it was like when there's success around you, you can kind of use that and put it into your own life. That's how I felt, at least. Yeah, it was it was a much better time in the world, man, for sure, comparing it to now. I mean, that was, yeah, it was it was great vibes all around. I felt the same way. Raptors winning a championship, good weather, you're in the summer, uh, things to look forward to, uh, and now you're, you're cooped up inside. I mean, of course, it's a much better time. Yeah. <laughs> it was a much better time. Yeah. It's crazy how, like, nostalgic people are getting during this time, especially, like, me. I'm just, like, thinking back to, like, when things were normal. I'm singing that Barlito song on TikTok, Times We Had. I don't know if you've seen that. 
Oh, I think I think I know what you're talking. Yeah, about. that like cringy song, but it's just like I never anticipated that we would be living in a time like this. Just because you think, oh, there's technology, medical innovation, all this stuff, but it's just like we're still not there yet. We're still yeah, not there yet. I have the same opinion on that. I th- I thought for sure, especially with the way the world has evolved, that's why like a part of me looks at this like, you know, kind of skeptical, like, yeah, how the heck are we suffering this bad of a pandemic when, you know, there's people flying like to Mars and and whatnot. And like, yeah, we're going to have flying cars soon. Like we thought in 2020, we'd have flying cars, not a pandemic. Like, yeah, it's just like, we need to be humbled a bit. We need to be humbled a bit. We got too confident. Hopefully this humbles us. We learned from this. And we got, we got our resources in more important places. And we just like take the proper precautions and stuff like that. I know I sound super vague right now, but it's just like. No, but it's true. We took things for granted before, even like going outside. We took that for granted, Mm -hmm. even going to a mall, right? Like everybody was so busy in their lives. This was like a, this was like an ego check, I think too, for a lot of people who felt like they were invincible with what they were doing, whether they were making millions or had such a, like a huge uh, amount of fame or whatever that you can literally, that can literally all be taken away hmm yeah we took a lot of things for granted we lived in a we're still living in a oh oops damn must be pizza or something um but we're living in a super material world that burp threw me off i'm gonna keep it you know what keep it raw keep it raw <laughs> yeah but we're living in a super material world and things are nuts and it's just this hopefully this humbles us in a way Here's my advice to you. Whenever you make a mistake, well, yeah, don't acknowledge it. Never acknowledge it. But I kind of, I like to keep it raw. I like to keep things real. I don't know. That's just how I've always been taught. I mean, going to school for this stuff and whatnot. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I shouldn't have used the word burp. But you know what? Now it's a bit, who cares? I don't, you know what? Acid reflux. That's what happens when you live in an Italian household. You can't control it. Believe me, I get a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. You just, you just feel a burning in the pit of your stomach or something. Just, As you talk. That happens to me a lot, actually. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. Acid reflux sucks. Yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, I think we've been rolling for an hour, almost an hour. At least we're in the 50-minute range. This has been great. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. We finished it off with a spectacular burp on my end. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you for coming on. I, I really appreciate it, man. You know, you have a following and you took the time um, out of like making content, running your website to just come on the podcast. I appreciate that, man. No, for sure, man. Anytime and best of luck with this. Keep going. I want to see uh, more and more episodes from you. And yeah, man, yeah. just keep up the grind. Like I said, don't focus on the results now. Just do it because you love it. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to shout out? Although your stuff is a lot bigger than mine. Do you still want to do like the traditional yeah, shout just- out? You know, check me out on YouTube. Uh, tell all your friends. I don't, which high school do you go to? Uh, I don't want to say. Okay, true, true. I don't want to yeah. I I reveal too much info. Yeah. Anyways, tell your high school friends to follow me wherever that is. Um, and yeah, just check me out on YouTube. And uh, check out the website, The Waterboard Report, for all the latest in Toronto sports. Luke Rosano, everybody. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening.